Hello, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, mate. Better than ever this week on the point in front. How about yourself? Yeah, I'd say you are pretty good this week, aren't you? Uh, you absolutely crucified it last week at the uh, at the WGC concession. I should call you Matt Money Phillips from here on in because you were you were absolute money at, uh, at WGC. So well done, congratulations, and uh, and let's. Uh, I'm going to take you. Th- I'm going to give you a chance to go through it and uh, and, uh, and and gloat a little bit because uh, even a couple of them I even doubted you on, like w, um, Colin Marikawa, where I sort of sort of said, "Oh, I'm not so sure. I don't like his new grip." And then he goes and uh, and, and and absolutely well, you both go and make an absolute ass out of me. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, really, but seriously, really well done. Uh, congratulations. Some really great tips. Uh, and I hope some of the people listening uh, and some of your, your followers on Twitter um, uh, followed them because um, they would have been better off for it. So let's just go through the WGC at Concessional uh, and, uh, and and have a little bit of a, uh, a chat about the, the tournament itself and uh, and about the finishes. So Colin Morikawa came out the deserved victor, three under on the day. Um, 18 under on the tournament uh, to win by three strokes. He won comfortably in the end from uh, a, a group tied off a second on 15 under. Victor Hovland, uh, who finished five under on the day, good strong final Sunday. He's been playing very well lately, Hovland. Brooks Kepka played solidly as well, and Billy Horschel also played well to finish all on a tie for second on 15 under. Scott, followed by Scotty Scheffler alone in fifth. Louis Louis on 14 under. Louis Eustace and Murray McElroy. Um, Webb Simpson all played solidly enough on the on the final day to finish in a tie for six on 12 under. And the one guy that I uh, backed with you, um, agreeing with you, um, had a bit of a horror uh, Sunday, uh, Patrick Reed, uh, who tumbled out of the places, unfortunately, and finished um, uh, on a tie for ninth on 11 under with Jason Kokrak. And um, uh, and then uh, to around, just outside the top 10, Cameron Smith had another good day. Actually, a, a very good final round five under to finish on 10 under and a tie for 11th with Kevin Nah and Matthew Fitzpatrick. So I'm going to give the floor to you, Matt, uh, and give you give you your um, your due. Uh, well done for tipping Colin Morikawa. Great tipping and, and a few others as, as besides. I know you had a few other wins in running as well and, and top Englishman and top Australian, I think. So mm-hmm. take us through them. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, firstly, I was remarkably surprised by uh, Morikawa's put-in performance. I think his win is down in no small part to that. Um, but, I mean, I said on the podcast last week, uh, the reason that I put Morikawa up was for his ball striking. His Tita Green game has been impeccable for a long time. Um, yeah. I was kind of gambling with little glimmers of hope that I saw at the Genesis at Riviera the week before, that he actually had gained strokes a couple of weeks, um, sorry, a couple of rounds last week put in. Um, and I think there was enough in there practising a new stroke that, that he might put it together. Now, not for one minute did I think he would be, I think he finished about T12th in putting. I mean, that's going to get it done when you're leading the field in T to green and in approach. Um, so, I mean, it's it's lovely when it works out like that. Um, it doesn't always happen that way. But yeah, it was lovely to get a win. I think I was most impressed with how calm and cool he was in the lead. Um, there was parts where it looked like he was going to run away with it. And then on the back nine on Saturday, he stalled a little bit, um, played the last six holes in about two over, I think, um, and looked like he was faltering. And there was, at that point, you had Hovland, you had Simpson, you had Kepka, who all finished really strongly and looked like he might be in a bit of bother. Um, but just looking at his scorecard, I mean, no one shot in the, in the 60s all week, I don't think. Um, and Morikawa hit opening round of 70 and then 64, 67, 69. And to avoid 
uh, avoid the big numbers around that course is no mean feat. Um, mm. Or everyone around him, you look at Cam Smith in the lead on Friday, made made an eight or a nine. Hovland made an eight. Um, you had some big big numbers and doubles from the likes of of McElroy um, and even Scotty Scheffler after he came with a run. And I think it's just a remarkable consistency. Um, I'll be honest, I've never had a, a less stressful time um, watching one of my golfers leading the tournament. Um, yeah. He was hitting that beautiful little buttercut off every tee. Um, in his final round, round there, he had 16 of 18 fairways, I think. Um, and the couple of times he didn't, he had relatively good spots in a bunker or just into the first cut. So, I mean, it was it was as good as a bet gets, I think, at 45 to 1. He was assured. Um, and he's just an elite golfer these days, I think. Um, I think people maybe doubt him sometimes because of his perceived lack of length off the tee. And he's not long, but I mean, when he hit the fairway each time, it it negates that a little bit, um, doesn't it? And I think three under on, on the final day was absolutely what he needed to do. If he shot that, no one was catching him regardless. I don't think um, he likes a Hovland who shot five under and it wasn't quite enough. Um, got a feel for Victor a little bit, I think. Um, he was the victim of his own... Um, Boldness, I think, um, in maybe taking on shots that perhaps he shouldn't. Um, mm. He played probably equally as well as Morikawa Bar, bar a couple of absolute stinkers. Um, but that's a lesson learned for him, and that's why it's such such a sharp price this week. Yeah, I, how I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more on Morikawa. That's a great price, forty-five to one, and well tipped. Um, what a golfer this kid is, eh? He is. Mm. He's properly good, isn't he? His, He's really, really good. Throwing darts. I mean, did I, for those who didn't watch, it was on, I think it was early on in the round on Saturday. I think he made eight birdies in 10 holes. And there were some tricky yeah. holes in that. And it's just remarkable. Every approach was going to five feet, six feet max. Yeah, yeah. When he's when Morikawa is in the zone, watch out. Because there's I don't know if there's many golfers in the world better than this kid uh, when when he's running hot. So uh, it's a good tip for watching him and running. If you start to see him sort of gain momentum, he might be a guy to be on uh, in, in, in big tournaments and uh, majors. I mean, he's already got one major under his belt. Um, and who's to say it, it, it won't it won't stop this year? So, yeah, absolutely um, superb uh, selection there. Uh, I mine were I had a dreadful week. That's one of the worst weeks I've had for a long time. Um, uh, Patrick Reed, as I say, falls outside the places, and so no place money there. Um, Hogard couldn't cope with it at all. Um, neither could Cantor and Finau, um, who once again uh, started well and, and then and then petered out. Uh, I, I've never was much one for for, for getting on Finau. I got him on lately because I thought he was finally going to break that duck, but. Mm. Uh, I think I might have learned my lesson there because um, he um, he just I don't know what it is. He, I think he lacks a, a killer edge that guy. Um, so yeah, I, I was ultimately disappointing, uh, and uh, and I'll take a lot away from that. What did you think of WGC Banditon, um, the golf club itself? What did you think of Concession Golf Club itself? I thought it was a delight, to be honest. Um, it was a really refreshing week of PGA Tour golf, I think. Um, I think the PGA Tour these days is rife for target golf, birdie fests, sort of just, yeah, bomb and gouge places where players drive off the tee, hit your wedges, and whoever can get to 22, 23 under as a shot. I think it was really good in that 
you had to, it was a thinking man's golf course, wasn't it? I think Webb Simpson said something similar after one of his rounds. And it's not just that you need to hit it as close as possible to the pin. You need to be thinking about almost like link style golf shots and sort of really thinking about your landing areas and the good misses. And what I liked is that the bad misses here are really, really bad misses. It's not bad miss or you'll get up and down nine times out of 10. Your bad misses were seeing people like Patrick Reed sort of chipping back to his own feet, which is almost unheard of, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think what my favourite thing about concession was actually the the roll of water on the golf course. Um, I think it was, uh, is it number six or number seven? They had a front pin on Sunday um, and there was a couple who landed it on the green. And if you landed it even too close to the flag between flag and water, it was spinning back into the water. So too often water on golf courses is decorative rather than actually playing a real role in, in strategy. So yeah, I really like that um, around concession. I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't know whether it's because I was sucking so badly in my selections (laughs) or whether uh, I um, uh, aesthetically, I didn't like looking at it. Um, I, I, completely take your point on what you're saying in terms of the challenge and it was like Lynx Golf in terms of you have to put it in the right points and it was treacherous if you went wrong it was going to was going to bite you on the ass mm-hmm. and and rightly so that that I don't disagree with looking at it I I found it it's a very big wide open course I didn't find it very visually interesting um I I, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't. It's not some a course that I would rush to say. Oh, I, I really, um, I loved that course. Uh, I, I thought it was a great challenge. It was, a, it was a, and and it really, as you say, it found a few guys guys out at times, and that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I I like a course that you know I don't like you know the courses that these these pros beat up. Uh, so I liked it for that reason. But on aesthetic viewing level. I often come away from some courses and I go, wow, that's a gorgeous golf course. Mm-hmm. I did not feel that about WGC concession. Yeah. I think it's maybe I'm talking with rose tinted glasses, having having had the a positive experience while watching it. Um, maybe yeah. biased, but I thought it was refreshing. I thought it was a bit of a change. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do I do take your point and what you're saying. To, you are right in what you say about the uh, the fact that it, it was challenging and 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 it and, and it tested golfers of these some of these guys on in ways that they probably haven't been tested in a way uh, too many times before Matt what were the rest that you had other bets that came in for you as well on on that week um can you run me through those as well yeah for sure um I had a couple of winners in the side markets um it was quite interesting actually because I feel like I my cards just fell right last week because normally um I'm I kind of like the top 20 betting it's normally my go-to side market but Truth be told, the lads who I identified for that uh, didn't actually back just because I didn't think there was enough value in them, didn't finish top 20 anyway. Um, but yeah, I backed Matt Fitzpatrick in the top English market. I thought 92 was an absolutely brilliant price. Um, I told you as much um, on the podcast last week um, because the only two shorter than him were uh, Hatton and Fleetwood. And I actually had, on my book, if I was pricing up, I'd have had Fitz second favourite to Hatton, um, who has not played much lately and I thought he was in form fits. Um, Fleetwood's not really been a factor in America at all lately and mm. that you had Casey wasn't playing and you had yeah, um, a couple of others, Justin Rose, who was woefully out of form. I thought 92 was a knocking bet. Um, I was taking on Hatton to some degree if he'd have turned up. It's around the green game actually wasn't there, Hatton, um, over the weekend um, and he finished quite strongly and almost pipped Fitz. Um, in, but um, it's just, just such a consistent goal for Matt Fitzpatrick and he puts so well that he gives himself a chance at any course so 
Mm. He likes playing in Florida. He's not afraid of the big events. He's done well in some majors, so he wasn't going to be scared of a golf championships field. Um, and he came in 92. I think his closest challenge turned out to be Aaron Rye, um, the young lad from the uh, the European tour. Where's two gloves? That's who I recognise him. Um, who took down one of the events in the summer, I think, beating Robert Rock um, down the stretch. Um, so, yeah, won at 92. Um, he was five clear going into Sunday. So, yeah, I think I tweeted Byron Snook because he was always going to be uh, wrapped up nicely. Yeah. Um, and then Cam Smith, um, who was off to an absolute flyer. I was kicking myself as he was leading the tournament on Saturday. Um, then yeah. Obviously, for, for those who didn't watch, he imploded slightly, had two water balls on the front nine after going couple yeah. in front and kind of fell down the leaderboard. Um, he started Sunday two behind Jason Day, um, but had a, like say, a storming final round, shot five under, um, where Day kind of stood still, even par. Um, so, yeah, that was another winner at 10 to three. Um, so, in my only two side market bets, they, yeah, they won it. Um, so, all in all, an absolutely delightful week. And I am, yeah, well in profit. Um, enough so that I've thrown a bit of money back on Colin uh, Morikawa for the Masters. Um, I always like to have a bit of an anti-post bet if I've had a, if I've had a win. Yeah. It almost feels like yeah. you're, uh, can he deserve to have a, have a punt with some of that. So I went back in on Morikawa. He was 30 to 1 on Sunday morning. Um, was the best price I could get. I believe he's shortened up a bit since his win. Uh, but the books react recency bias as usual. Um, but... If he has another performance before the Masters, I can't see him going off uh, any longer than about 20s, to be honest, to be up there with the elites, despite not having much um, Augusta form. Yeah. Uh, um, it was a good thing, as you say, about Cam Smith. I uh, we, we joked about that last week. Said, I, I said I'm going to keep an eye on that guy because if he starts um, generating any momentum and running, uh, I'm going to jump on mm-hmm. him. And I, <laughs> what did I do? I jumped on him. <laughs> what did he do? Stuck two balls on the water, and uh, not 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 long after that, and I thought, okay, okay, it's just going to be one of those days. I can see that now. So, um, it, yeah, if you took if you took away that disastrous hole for Cam Smith, I actually thought he played really quite well, and 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 that final five under uh, on the final day was a was a that's a good good show from him because it, it, you know it, it, you know he he's he shows that he. He can sort of get back on the horse and keep going, which is which is really good. I thought showed a bit of resilience. Yeah, like, completely. Obviously, I had an eye out for him with the side market bet, and I think it showed showed its character um, that to shoot a seventy seven and finish. Um, well, it was a shot out of the top ten. I think it's it's really it's very very good. Um, and to be honest, it he wasn't the golfer that I thought would make that sort of number. And I think he made the eight, and then he made a few bogeys after it. it threw him off for a couple of holes, and he just doesn't like me as the yeah. type. So I think. Yeah, it strikes me as unfortunate, I think, um, to make those couple of mistakes that compound each other because it's going to get inside your head. But definitely still one to keep keep an eye out for. Um, and like I say, I was cursing myself that I wasn't on him to win um, for, a, for a stretch over Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting to see what he's doing to his price. Yeah, what, what did you think about Brooks Kipka? Um, another one who... He was, he was one of the last ones I crossed off my list for last week. Um He's kind of uh, come back to bite us both. I remember we talked before the Amex about how we probably wouldn't get close to backing him. Um, I think what we probably agreed on, though, was that if he starts to show a bit of form, then you're going to change your mind about Brooks because we know how good he is when he's on. He was just started too slow and almost very un-Brooks-like. Normally, he's an excellent driver of the ball. And on Saturday and Sunday, he almost duck-hooked it into the the cabbage on the left of one um, and started Mm. both days with a bogey. And he's one of those that I think had it been 
a bit windier and the scoring conditions were a bit lower, he'd have been in with more of a shout. He was just struggling to score. He was playing some good golf. Um, his numbers were pretty good, but he was just sliding a couple by. He just wasn't finding the bottom of the cup like he another day he might have. Um, but I'll be honest, going into Sunday, he was three back of Morikawa and I was worried about yeah. Kepka because once he's in contention, he doesn't usually leave that quickly. He was a very short price. Um, I think it was Saturday yeah. um, at some point, he was as short as about two to one, less than. Um, so I was worried about him and I think he's going to be a threat in the majors coming up, definitely, especially with Johnson seemingly being a bit out of form, especially with the putter. Yeah. Reed's capitulation on uh, Sunday was surprising, wasn't par it? fives, Patrick Reed. Um, I know I shouldn't whinge because I had a lovely week, but I was tearing my hair out with Patrick Reed. He played the four par fives, two of which were very gettable in one over par on Sunday. And I just, yeah. it's so unread like. And I was tweeting about his brilliant chipping on Thursday and Friday, and his short game just let him down completely on the weekend. Uh, a couple of times, back to his yeah. feet. Very surprising, wasn't it? Very Especially surprising. when he finishes a shot out the places. I could have accepted it if he just, just limped in for a bit of place money, but I just didn't understand it. He was giving himself chances and just, just couldn't really make it happen. Again, he traded at quite a short price at one point, didn't he? On uh, when Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was really expecting something better from Reed on Sunday uh, and, and was was kind of stunned that, uh, when he sort of started tumbling um, back down the leaderboard. Anyway, uh, thanks for that. That was a good a good wrap up on WGC concession. Uh, I think it's the WGC format's good. I like it. It's good to see other golfers from around the world and uh, in a no cut event they get to they get their moment in the sort of in the sun and the spotlight and a chance to sort of tear it up with the with the best American golfers in the world. So I, I hope they keep it moving around um, as I'm sure they said they will. Uh, it's a it's a good tournament. It's a good concept. WGC and and long may it continue. So. Now we move on to uh, the one of the kind of, I guess, what do you call the Arnold Palmer Invitational or Marquee event, Matt? I think in a standard year, it's like, I don't know, it's like a, almost like a classic, isn't it? Um, but it's got a poorer feel this year. It's got, a, obviously, with the link to, to Arnie, it's got a, a respected reputation, right? But poorer feel yeah. than usual this year. But I think that's the victim of the way the schedule's been reconstructed um, in the run to the Masters yeah. with the players next week and obviously coming off the WGC. Players want a week off, don't they, um, in the run-up to Augusta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I agree. I, it, it's, it's a... Yeah, it's a... Tr- it's a tradition event. That's what it is. It, it, it's um, it's got respect. I think that's what you said. That that's that's well put. It's a respect event uh, in terms of yep, the, it's got a great name to it. Arnold Palmer, one of the greatest names in golf. Um, great course in Bay Hill. It's a it's a really interesting course, uh, and uh, it's a test. So, yeah. But as you also alluded to, yeah, you look through this field and you go, mm, okay, this is this is not a strong field. Um, and uh, and I think there's opportunities aplenty through this. So um, let's, uh, as the man in form, um, I'm going to give you the floor first. Um, give me your kind of impressions about um, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the, 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 your sort of, and your rationale um, behind your selections and, and, um, and why, you know, wh- you know, who you think and why. Yeah, really. um, definitely. I mean, first things first, it's, for me, always quite a tricky one to, to weigh up in terms of what I'm going to look for. Um, as you know, I'm quite statistics driven. I'll always look for sort of certain metrics that I can tie down. Uh, and if players have like the, if they're consistent across the spreader um, 
geometrics in my model, then I'll I'll take one them based on that. But because uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational kind of seems to evolve with every like three to five year spell, um, it seems that different skill sets come to the fore dependent on the year. It's quite inconsistent in that. So I found it hard to be honest to narrow it down, which meant I had a long list of about twenty golfers to begin with. Um, obviously, it's a relatively long course, it's about seven, just short of 7,500 yards, I think par 72, um, it's Bermuda still. Um, and the, the ones when I looked at, I, I wanted a putter this week, um, just because it's not normally high on my list of things um, that I look for, but a lot of the last um, editions of this event, then people have been quite high in putting average. Um, so I've got half an eye on that. Um, I also had half an eye on the forecast in terms of wind players because um, there's been a couple where the winds really got up and made the scores quite low. Um, so that was something to take keep mm. an eye on. Um, I'm not so much off the tee. It's relatively forgiving here um, off the tee, so I'm not too worried about about definitely driving accuracy or even distance. Um, you'll find out why in a moment, because I've backed one of the shorter players on tour. Um, so I looked at approach players as usual and put in. I've got a couple of more um, niche markets uh, or niche stats that I've looked at. Um, par 5 scoring is a big one. There's some reachable par 5s here. Um, but all the par 3s here, interestingly, are between 200 and 225 yards, um, which doesn't happen often. So so I had a, a little delve into that sort of uh, statistic and players who play those longer par 3s quite well. Um, and then there's a couple of course correlations that I looked at. Um, there's a chap on Twitter who was doing a bit of correlating between the, the Houston Open and Arnold Palmer, um, without um, going too far into it and delving into statistics, like none of them, Matt Every has played that well. Um, and there's quite a lot of players who are your lesser known players, I guess, who play really well at Houston and then happen to have really good finishes at Bay Hill as well. Um, so, yeah, I've got a, a, a past. I actually put these picks up before, but it was nice to have the form franked by that sort of correlating link. Um, so I've got an ex-Houston Open winner in my picks as well. Okay, um, so uh, let's. Uh, uh, you alluded to, as you say, if the wind picks up here. I uh, was interested to see uh, that you know, last year, for example, only four players in the entire field finished under par mm. here last year. Um, so uh, Tyrrell Hatton, last year's winner, finished on four under. On three under was Sung Jae Im. Uh, on two under was Mark Leishman. And on one under was Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. Uh, and that was first, second, third, and fourth. And then the rest of the field was even par or better. So as you said, Matt, uh, this course can really bear its teeth when the wind um, picks up. Uh, and you did mention the wind. What what did you see? What what What's the kind of forecast? It doesn't look here? too bad, um, truth be told. Um, interestingly, the wind direction is going to be quite important this week. Um, but... Um, particularly for one of our favourite um, flat cap wearing um, golfers. Um, so the lead itself isn't meant yeah. to be that strong. I think it gets up a little bit more um, on Friday and over the weekend. Um, but for those who don't know, um, Bay Hill number six is a, a par five, which is basically played around the right-hand side of a lake. It plays 540 yeah. yards on the scorecard, but the carry from tee to green um, to get over the length of the water is 340 yards. Um, and... The prevailing wind doesn't help with that, and it makes that shot almost impossible. But if the wind switches, as it's meant to do, actually, on Friday, um, it could very much be in Bryson's wheelhouse um, to to have a pop at that green, or if not the green, sort of the, the spot that's about 25 yards short of it, which would be brilliant viewing for starters, um, and something I'm definitely keen to have a look at. Is that the hole that John Bailey <laughs> yeah. carded a 15 Made, made a 15, yeah. I mean, that was back in 98, wasn't it? Um, 
Yeah, he did. Yeah. And that was in tournament play, wasn't it? But yeah, that and what's so funny about that was he he said the pressure was really on. I was down <laughs> to my last golf ball. <laughs> I mean, he was a brave man in '98, yeah. wasn't he? And um, he played one of the back tees, didn't he? And then tried to hit his three wood from the from the front tees, which which didn't go that successfully. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you've got to give the man respect for trying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought uh, I, I love what I used to love watching Daly play. So, um, okay. Um, run us through your, your pick, yeah, Matt. So I'm going to start with um, the antithesis of Bryson, Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, I I love Fitzpatrick for this week. Um, I really do. Um, he is just such a consistent golfer. He plays in the big events really well. He's played excellently here before. Um, finished ninth last year, second the year before. Um, did have a miscut, um, but then a previous 13th. So... I mean, he's, he's very consistent, more often not finishing in the top 10. And if you look at his recent form, 17th, 5th and 11th. And that 11th last week was when he actually didn't even put that well. So he's not going to be far away at all. Um, obviously, he's short off the tee. Um, he's not, not going to be competing with the longer hitters. Um, but he's really good with his long irons. He's really good with his hybrid. So I'm not worried about it. And he's an excellent putter. Um, 12th on tour in putting. Um, which is... Now, if I, if I remember rightly too, Matt... When he finished second here two years ago, he really should have won, shouldn't he? I think he 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 basically squandered his lead and uh, and and gave it away, and he it was almost nailed on for him to win, and he and he kind of he stuffed yeah, it up. Basically. That, yeah, he he has had a a near miss here, which was his own fault, as you say. Um, but hopefully, it sort of that galvanizes him to to really keep on. Um, he's always yeah. been a good. Uh, a yeah. good Bermuda putter, even in Europe, places like the the Desert Classic and the the Champ Tour Championship at the Earth Course, he's he's won that, um, and he's finished well quite a few times at the Desert Classic. So he can put on uh, Bermuda. I'm not worried about that. Um, and I just think he's been a lucky year in the past. And actually, he he possesses a great game, and he's so consistent. I think he's an absolute knocking for a top eight. Um, so you cut in your each way places, yeah. then if he can, uh, yeah, stick his neck out and uh, go go over the line, I'd be more than happy. So I've got two points each way. Um, on Matt Fitz, um, I think he's. Um, I think he's in uh, a really rich vein of form at the moment, isn't he? He's playing so well. Yeah, for moment. sure. He looks a confident golfer. Um, in his interviews, he seems to talk really well um, about his game at the moment and saying actually it's, it's, the, it's the best that he's ever been. Um, and I think he'll like to coming back to a, a familiar course that he's comfortable with. He's played well in before. Um, to quote a couple of stats um, that I talked about before, um, he's one of the best players. He's 21st on tour, but a lot of the players above him um, actually aren't playing this event in that par three scoring, 200 to 225. Yeah. And I think a lot of that may be down to him yeah. not not having those those shorter wedge shots because he's not an enormous driver of the ball. So he gets a lot of practice with with his longer irons and really can stick them on par threes. So I think that could be really important. Um, he's decent around the green. Um, I think his game makes out really, really well here. Um, and it was a bit shorter than I wanted. I think that's the victim of his recent form, maybe. Um, I think the, the yeah. disparity between himself and Fleetwood's price surprised me a little bit, but then that's it's factoring in the the complete um, yeah the complete difference in their current form. So while twenty fives is on the shorter end, I think he's twenty twos now actually. Um, I, I think he's great value for an each win bet, and I wouldn't mind him to win either. Yeah, I think he's good value. Uh, I think it's a combination, as you say, of his good recent form and a weaker than usual field in this event. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good, strong first pick. Yeah, um, And okay, I've got a couple we'll of golfers who are both 45 to 1. The first, and I'm going to hold my breath as I say this, is Sam Burns. Um, we, we know my recent <laughs> history with Sam Burns. Obviously not 
Yeah, I have history when he with him. At Riviera, I think yeah. I might have less scar tissue with him than than yourself. Um, so I'm happy to chance him again. I thought 45 to one was quite big, to be honest, given his performance at Riviera. Um, he's a confident golfer. Like, like, I mean, I said last time I was on when I backed him at before Pebble. His game is the best that it's ever been, and I wrote about him in my blog around him having a really high ceiling. But more than that, he makes out fantastically well in the stats. Sort of, he's got an all-around game. Thirteenth um, in, in this field off the tee, seventh in putting, fifteenth in approach. Like they all come come together really for this course. And on top of him being an absolute bomber and playing excellently, the par fives, his scoring average on par fives is up with some of the elite of the game. Um, so I really like him, and I'm convinced. Similar to Neesmith, I think he's going to go in soon. Um, he, yeah, I just like Sam Burns. I think he's a talented golfer. He's not played amazingly here in the past. In his three performances here, he's come 49th, 54th and 36th, which is so-so, but three made cuts in your first three appearances isn't too bad. Um, and then, like you say, we know about his recent form. He seems to be rounding in. Um, unfortunately, he seems to be the Twitter curse of the week that every man and his dog are on. Um, so we know that usually ends up. But yeah, Sam Burns is my second pick. Okay. Um, yeah, I, yeah, we, I have previous with Sam Burns, and I agree with you. There's no doubting this guy's ability. A- absolutely not. He is a a, a, a a very, very talented young guy. He can hit it a country mile. We saw his frailties, I think, at the Genesis Exposed a little bit in terms of his, I think that's twice now he's mentally kind of, I don't know if you'd say caved, but he, uh, but he is perhaps a bit fragile um, on uh, when it comes to actually winning. Um, but I, I think that will come. Uh, you, I don't think you're going to hold a guy out that long with the quality of his game. And, and he, and I think you'll also believe, okay, I just have, I just have to, you know, manage myself a bit better to get it done. So yeah, 45 to one yep. is good value. Um, so right, Jason Kokrak is next. Um, one who, who's caught my eye in spells lately. Um, he's always been a hot, um, never really mm. jumped out the stats models generally because some of his approach stats aren't usually up there with the <clears throat> the kind of approach stuff that I, that catches my eye. But his performance at Genesis was excellent over three days. He faltered a bit at the end there, um, but then a return to this course where he just plays well. Um, like Fitz, he has missed one cut, uh, but in his last six performances here, if you forgive that one cut in 2017, I think, 18, he's finished 18th, 10th, 20th, 6th and 4th. So he obviously likes the course. Um, like I say, he's an excellent putter. So if his putter gets hot, he's going to be a threat. Um, they're quite large greens. Um, he's not, like I say, his approach play is not as elite as I'd like it to be. Um, but I just think he's going to give himself chances. He's rounding it the form quite nicely. He's finished in the top 40 or so in his last five events. Ninth, obviously, um, yeah. last time out. And he just likes the course. Um, I think... He's returning to Florida, um, similar to my mentality with Morikawa last week, I guess. Um, with Morikawa, I was gambling on him putting reasonably and giving himself a chance to win. With Korkrak, I know he's going to put excellently. It's just hoping he has a good week with the Irons. And if he does, again, I think he's a really good bet with his course history. Yeah, I, I like Korkrak a lot this week. He was banging contention mm-hmm. at Genesis, wasn't he? Um, he just uh, he had he had a poor weekend, um, uh, but uh, he was. Uh, uh, I think it was Sam Burns, and uh, he either was at one point um, pulled right up beside him to be on the same score or one back. But uh, but Jason Jason Kirkrick was was right there, uh, and then kind of just had a bad weekend. So yeah, I I, I did I. Did notice the name Jason Kokrak floating around leaderboards more often, and the, and and he 
has shown that he, you know, he's not a, he now knows well, that went under his belt. He knows he, he belongs here. He can live in this company. And with this kind of weaker field event, uh, he, you know, there's, there's every chance he'll do well. What did you say? 45s. Like? 45s. Okay. All right. Yes, yeah, so I've uh, got two longer else? shots as well uh, to round off. Um, the first of which is, is Lantor Griffin. Um, Lantor is 8 to 1. Um, he's kind of gone under the radar. He's only he had more more time off than most. Uh, his couple of performances this year, he's finished twenty second, twenty sixth. Um, but he's one of those that kind of gets himself on the highlight reels when he's on. I've seen like a couple of chip ins, a couple of longer puts. He's not really got to that top ten of the leaderboard and sort of been in contention at all. But he's playing quite well um, in spells. He came thirty sixth here on debut. Um, and his driving accuracy has not been great. But like I said, I don't really worry too much about that. And then he really popped out on my stats model in this field. He's he's ninth in putting and 10th in approach play. If you look at the last six months and I didn't quite didn't quite correlate that he's ninth in approach, 10th in putting. And yet he's 80 to one, whereas they're probably better stats in those two aspects of the game than virtually anyone right the way up to really elite golfers. So I just thought he's kind of a value player for me. Um, he's as big as 150 if you play the exchange. Um, so that could be worth a look if you really fancy him to win. But he's just one of those that kind of went under the radar a bit. I think he shouldn't be as big as he is. Um, and he's the one, uh, he won the Vivint Houston Open in 2019, where there's a bit of a crossover between a couple of those courses in Texas um, and Bear Hill, whether that's due to the, the Texas winds and it being a bit uh, drafty at Bear Hill and there's a similar sort of skill set succeeds there. But yeah, he scores well on par fives. I just thought he shouldn't be that price. Quite similar to Morikawa last week in that I tried not to think about it too much. And he was one of those that jumped out and I was thinking, it would not. I'd have him closer to 60s, 55s than 80s. So, yeah, it's worth a worth a punt just on the, a value basis, really. And then uh, my final one will be of no surprise to regular listeners. It's Matt Neesmith. Um, I said at the start of the year, and I've said to you a couple of times, if he's above... Three forget prices. I will back him every time he's available. Um, and I don't always put him up, but I usually back him. He started the year going off at 250s, 200s, and he's shortening slightly, but I still think he's value. Um, he's just elite to green. Um, he's excellent with his approach play. He leads the green, leads the green, leads the uh, tour in greens in regulation. Um, and he's in excellent form, 7th, 16th, 20th in his last few starts. Now, Maybe it's me just really being a fan of Matt Neesmith. And he has missed a cut here on his only appearance, but I'm trying to put my faith in his in his recent form. And I know those people who know about uh, golf and sort of looking at the stats will be shouting, but Matt Neesmith can't put correct. I'm not disputing that. However, he's shown a bit of promise lately, similar to, to Morikawa. Um, if you look at actually two of his last three starts, despite being a historically atrocious putter, He's actually gained strokes in two of his last three starts, which I shouldn't, don't think should be sniffed at, um, including finishing right towards the top end in that start um, at the Waste Management, gaining almost a stroke on the greens, which is almost unheard of um, from Nat, Matt Neesmith. So I'm going to kind of take a bit of a gamble that that, that improvement might be sustained. Um, so, yeah, Matt Neesmith is my, my final bet at 125s each way. Okay. Thanks, Matt. That's uh, compelling cases for all of those. Um, uh, yeah, we've all got our pet kind of uh, players that we will back if we see them at a price. And I know Matt Neesmith is one of yours. And I'm going to swing into my picks with my one of mine, um, one of my pet players who I can't leave alone at a price. And and so my first selection for uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational is uh, was uh, was Tom Hoagie. Um, so at start on Star Sports Bet. 
Um, he's 200 to one. Uh, so I, um, I can't leave that alone. I, I, I just think he's a better golfer than that. And yeah, he, his, his performances have been patchy lately, but I just think 200 to one in, in, a, in an event that, um, you know, you can get seven or eight places uh, is for me, I can't leave that. I, ha- I have to. I, I believe that Hoagie is. I wouldn't put him in the area of Sam Burns in terms of. Um, he's not quite as, as, as sort of high up in that, in my estimation. But I still think this guy has is a talented player, and he has um, he has a win in him, uh, and, and, and sooner rather than later, I think too. So two hundred to one. Uh, do I think he's going to win? I'm not sure, uh, but I'm but I. At that sort of money, I'm willing to take the chance on him um, because I just think that's that for me is, is too good to, to miss. Um, and I and I and I personally, I just think I just think uh, I, I, I think there are many there are golfers that that deserve to be 201, and there are golfers that don't deserve to be 201. And I don't think Tom. No, I think it's absolutely fine. I remember yeah. uh, Hoagie's a funny one because he he's a golfer who t- either tends he's got a really high ceiling but quite a low floor as well. And I guess that's. Golfer. If you think of places yeah. like Riviera a couple of years ago where he challenged with some really elite golfers for quite a long time, and then like you say, he does disappear a little bit, but back in at 200, you'd rather that yeah. than sort of steady yeah. cuts and finish 60 every week, wouldn't you? Well, he finished he finished tied 15th here last year, uh, and he actually it was only he had a bad round on the final day. He finished three over on the final day to finish four over for the tournament. So he was you know he was in and around the lead uh, on the by the third round, and and then just fell away on the final round to to find, finish in a tie for 15th. So he mm-hmm. has form here. He he knows how to play. Um, he, he he knows how to play Bay Hill, and uh, and he's a year on from his development. He's uh, I think he's probably a better golfer than what he was a year ago, and yeah, he can go he can go south a little bit, but I I just I see something in Tom Hoagie at the moment. I just see flashes, and I I think if he can pull that together at a tournament that he played well at last year, it uh, it it could be you know if he gets yep. off to a good start, who knows? So um, that's my that's my first uh, pick. The second pick is the same kind of basket really. It doesn't deserve to be at this money, and that's Bern Wiesberger. I, I know I've I've kind of latched onto this guy a little bit, and it's costing me at the moment. But he's 150 to one, and uh, and as I say, I wrote in my Star Sports article today. I just don't think I don't think he deserves to be 150 to one. Uh, I, I think, um, yeah, he hasn't been in great form. But this is a guy that's won seven times on the European Tour, uh, and he does put well on Bermuda. Um, he you know he's played well in 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 places like Dubai and what have you. Um, I. Uh, he 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 likes. He's a bit of a golfer like Fitzpatrick. He's not long, but he is. Uh, when he gets on on a run, he's accurate, and he's uh, and he can be. You know, he's very good with his long irons. And uh, uh, if he has one frailty, it tends to be um, uh, around the greens. He's a little bit fragile, um, chipping and putting. But um, but 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 his his driving can be uh, pretty accurate and his iron play can be excellent. So um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick my faith in, in, in Vern Wiesberger just for the fact that I just think 150 to one for a seven time European champion in a, what you would call not a terribly strong field feels like really good value to me. So um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stick with him. Uh, my third pick is Cameron Davis. Um, he's a bit for you, 
uh, for me and um, you know your Naismith and and uh, as I say I've identified Hoagie as one. This is another young guy. I actually estimate him higher than Hoagie, and and I put this guy out right up with Sam Burns, or maybe even higher my estimation, because this guy, you know, he's he won the he won the 2017 Australian Open. He he's made a really good fist of his life on the PGA Tour this year. He he knows he can live with these guys. He's been all around the leaderboards. He's had high finishes in, the, uh, in a number of events. He, um, he, he was very close to winning the American Express, as we know. We talked, I think, um, we were talking at the, on uh, doing a podcast at that stage, and um, he 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 was right in contention. Uh, ended up losing. Uh, Siwoo Kim ended up winning that, but Davis was right there and ended up finishing in third alone at the American Express. I really, really like this kid's game. He's a long, lanky kind of. He's got a long, languid swing. He's got a beautiful, natural flowing swing. Uh, he's, for me, he's got all the tools to win. And I feel like every week he's been here, he's been around, and I think it must be saying to him now, you can win here. There's no reason why you can't you can win one or two or a bunch of tournaments in your career on the PGA Tour. So I hold Cameron Davis in, in really high esteem. Um, and he's and I got him at seventy five to one um, because uh, yeah I, I I just I really rate Cameron Davis and I have for some time and um, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna stick with him and and my last um, golfer is uh, you know so those are pretty all those are pretty wild um, in terms of odds uh, but I I saw something in Bryson DeChambeau last week and and what I saw was. He went out and shot 77 in his first round at concession. And then his next round, he shot a course record 64, which was incredible. I, 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 absolutely amazing um, that the guy goes out and shoot, shoots a course record after shooting a 77. So we were talking about Cameron Smith kind of showing some resilient, resilience. Well, that was amazing resilience from Bryson DeChambeau. So it shows me that he can sort of shake those bad rounds off, but it also shows me that, uh, that he, you know, that was a tough course concession for for anyone, and, and yeah, those next two rounds were are okay. But what I, what I thought was when he's really firing in all cylinders, you know, he can he he can do things that other golfers can't. And uh, I feel in this field, if he gets away to a good start and he can put the ball, if he gets feeling now this can go either really well for Bryson DeChambeau this week or really really badly. Um, if he starts getting a bit of a, a rush of blood to the head and starts trying to carve off too much distance on these tee-offs, um, he could find himself yep. in a few watery graves and, and completely ruin his, ruin his round. But I'm going to say that he won't, uh, that, he, that, he, that he's got, that he's, uh, he's going to be right there uh, because I think he, he's, he's just got that prodigious amount of length. I think this is a course that if he gets off to a good start, he could he could beat this course up. And uh, it depends on, as you say, which way the wind blows. It depends on how brave he is or how stupid he is. But I think if he, if he manages his game well, I think Bryson DeChambeau could be uh, gets away. He could be really hard to catch and hard to pass. Um, and so at twelve to one, it's way too short uh, for what I would usually back. But I'm going to put a little bit on him because um, I think. He showed me something at at, um, at concession the other week where I thought, okay, you you know he he, um, he feels to me like a golfer that um, that could uh, do well uh, here. He's done well here before. He finished um, as I say, he finished fourth here last year on one under par. Uh, the wind won't, as you say, the wind might not blow like it did. last year was challenging with um, some pretty windy conditions. If it doesn't blow like it did last year. 
Bryson might be able to think, well, I could take this course on quite easily. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lump him That's in. Fair um, if you know I'm a big fan of Bryson. Um I'd be frustrated if he wins and I'm not on. Um but yeah, it's <laughs> Well, you're not going to. Well, look, hey, it's not like you're going to miss out much of a price on them. I mean, as I say, I think the the best you can sort of get them around, as I say, at Star Sports, he was twelve to one. I think it. Um, I don't think there's anywhere. I think they're all much of a muchness, and so it's not like you're going to you miss out. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm just I'm just going to I'm just going to have a, a look at him for this week as well. Um, so that's i think that's a roundup of 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 who we like and uh, and why uh as i say uh, matt you're on the uh, you're on the ball with um with a great great win from last week uh and you mentioned as i say now we're getting closer to the masters you've you've snuck a little bit more on on, on Marukawa, uh, uh anti post um is there anyone else that you're kind of looking to watch over the next few weeks as we go into the the players championship next week uh, are there players that you're kind of Keeping an eye out for, in particular, with either the play- uh, this week with the players in mind, or I'll be honest, with the Masters I've not coming up, really had that much of a look at the Masters. I've kind of just been betting week to week at the moment. Um, I did, I confess, I, ha- I have had, uh, I backed Gary Woodland a while back um, at a big, big, big price for the U.S. Open later in the year. Um, but apart from my Morikawa bet, I've not actually yep. had any other bets for the the Masters so far. Um, I've seen, it, find it interesting. The players' odds are out already. Um, lots of books have, have put them up. They're trying to push it as the, the next big tournament, I guess, aren't they? But the gamble is, I can't see that, apart from the winner and maybe one further down, there's not that many prices that are going to shorten between now and then. Um, so I think I'm just going to, I've just focused on this week, to be honest, and it'll probably be having a reevaluate on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm the same, Matt. I, I, I haven't really, uh, I'm, I'm a bit like that as well in the way that I, I'm not really looking at the Masters um, with you know with any great uh, kind of eye, and I'm more concentrating on week to week. So um, yeah, let, let's just see how they that they travel this week at the um, Arnold Palmer. Will be a, a great tournament to watch, and then as I say, the players next week, which will be really interesting. That's all at TPC Sawgrass. It's always a great tournament. So we're coming into a really rich vein of of, of tournaments with that those two, and then the, and the Masters and the not yeah. too distant future as well. So. Um, well, I just wanted to uh, so thanks again. Thanks for thanks for listening to Man and Stand, everyone, and, and thanks Matt for coming on. I, as I say, I, I always find your um, your insight and your um, uh, you know your thoughts really invaluable. So um, uh, let's uh, hope the winning run for us continues. And well, for, for either one of us, let's or hope both so. of us, good luck for the week, week, mate. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, mate. All the best.